sexy nerds of the Nerd Imperium. Welcome to this week's episode of the Currently Nerdy Podcast. We are your inner conclave of nerdom. My name is Diz, and I'm your pop culture and sports nerd, Ali. I am only your classic nerd. And I'm VM or comic book nerd. Sorry, Dr. Alia. Yes. Yes. Uh, we were gone last week. Yeah. And in that, we were gone because Diz is a piece of shit. It was Eid. Yeah. You don't. I sacrificed a goat, according to PETA. <laughs> yeah, PETA's a fucking. <laughs> PETA really jumped on that Islamophobia bandwagon real quick. Yeah, it did. White, white people. I white swear. vegetarians in particular. Drive me nuts. Fucking vegans, bro. Yeah, They're drive worse. Me, drive me nuts. You should tell them that a bunch of a bunch of dogs are being held at the border and then they might actually do something. No, no seriously. No, they, they would fucking try to kill the dogs because, mm. you know, PETA kills animals. PETA does kill animals. No, I mean, white women would do something, mm, yeah, though. Well, fair but enough. But there's actually. There, there's more uproar right now about a cop who yanked on a dog's exactly right now than anything else so anyways black person gets shot every week we, by the cops. we were gone for a week uh, because Diz is, is a dumbass so, sacrificing good nope he's a dumbass and in that week lots of things have happened first Diz uh, turned 30 years old I'm an old man now he's mm. old as dirt yes. still living with his mom yeah. He became a Muslim for one day, so he didn't have to record. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he, I celebrate. He's one of those. Yeah. There's always there's always religious people who aren't religious, but then when a holiday comes out or something, they use it to their advantage. That's oh, true. So my Assholes. favorite. I think it's the first uh, eat without my grandma. So we went to my aunt's house. Shut up, dicks. Shut me feel bad. You are a piece of shit, is what you are. I'm sorry, I wanted to be with my family. Like, listen, we were recording at 6 p.m. We were supposed to record. No, no. We were supposed to record at five. Dinner was at six thirty. At four thirty, like, yeah, I'm not gonna make it. I'm like, wait a minute. You could literally make it here, record, and make it back to dinner. You wouldn't work. Well, like, look, look, look at him. Head. Look at him yeah. shake his head down the street. <laughs> he lived down. He lived down the street. <laughs> yeah, Mission Viejo. <laughs> the way he said down the street because he knew <laughs> how this would sound. Yeah, <laughs> piece of shit. A mile and a half. <laughs> piece of shit. One day, most of them over. Funny enough, I used to have a friend uh, who was a, a Iranian Jew. Oh, nice. Uh, and he was he was a Muslim, but no one knew what he was like teachers wise uh-huh. so whenever Ramadan came around he always told the PE teacher that he was fasting uh-huh. so that he wouldn't have to run the mile uh-huh. and they never asked him like oh are you Muslim or whatnot they just assumed that just because assumed he's Iranian brown, yeah. that he's Muslim he's actually an Iranian Jew he's like I've never fasted a day in my life don't you fast one day Yom Kippur there's some fast yeah. but not they didn't he wasn't a particularly observant yeah Anything, but he was yes. he was always like every every Ramadan, he was always like yep, getting out of the mile. Yeah. Except one time we had a middle school teacher. Oh, it was not a middle school teacher; it was a high school teacher that um, was Persian. No, she wasn't Persian. She was a, a white lady who said you don't run don't run the mile, but you can walk the mile. Oh. So she still made him walk. Oh. He's like, I fucking hate. How'd you get out of it? I ran my, I ran my miles. You back said then. you had bone spurs. No, I ran my miles. Mm, interesting. Back in the day. Even during fasting, I didn't, you're young. You don't think of these things. Mm, interesting. You don't like. You don't. You're not like. Oh my god, I can't run the miles. I, I can't see you running when you were in high school. No, that was actually the last time. I ran the miles. He didn't really run. He just kind of floated. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He called a Nimbus cloud like a Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I, I was thinking more of a uh, Red Skull and fucking mm. Endgame and Infinity War. <laughs> no, I gotta be honest. I think that was the last time. I, no. I've ran after that. Not yeah. often. I once I once accidentally ran. Mm-hmm. I stumbled and it made me walk a little faster. Well, I've seen you do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never actually... I don't think I ran... I think it's been 10 years since I ran or something like that. Interesting. Maybe something like that. When you were a spry 30-year-old. Spry... Th- fuck you, man. I mean, <laughs> you and I are the same age. No, you and I are roughly the same age. Roughly. <laughs> yeah, we're in the same ballpark, you and I. Kind of. Also, in that time period where Diz was a piece of shit and didn't record, mm. um, I graduated. 
finally done 10 years it was a bit anticlimactic yes because i had done all my kind of the actual formal stuff before i had submitted my dissertation i had met with my committee i had discussed it did revisions all that kind of stuff was done in advance because i had written my dissertation at least a year ago mm-hmm. right yeah a little bit less than a year ago but about a year ago it was mostly all done wait you finished your dissertation a year ago yeah the actual writing portion writing the dissertation only took me the actual writing portion of it took me about two months. What the fuck? But I was like, it was a disciplined two months. Uh, like, I woke up. No masturbation. I, what? I woke up. I had uh, a cup of tea, mm. sat down, and I'd write. And I would write for like five hours, take a break, grab some lunch. No, I didn't even eat some days, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's true. But I would take a break. It would be like a Twitter break. I'd have to remind you to eat sometimes. Yeah, was, that was the period. Twitter break, and then I'd go. So I was like two months, but it was very disciplined. Mo- I spent most of my time editing. Oh, is this why? You're like last year, you were going, getting into fights with people on Twitter more on our currently nerdy page. Yeah, that was it. Uh, so, good, though. I always appreciate the fact that you took time out of your day to harass Mike Huckabee. Yeah, no, it was always, it was always yeah, okay. Mike Huckabee. Yeah, yeah. It was always Mike Huckabee. Um, there's a special place in hell for that guy, yes. and mm. I feel like God has chosen me as his tormentor. Mm. I Who's wish tormenting Mitch McConnell's bitch ass. I don't know. We'll figure that out. That would be a, my ideal job, I think. Tormenting the... Not like an, a literal McConnell's. hell tormentor, but like a mild tormenting, like making their lives uncomfortable. But I'm not... Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm, I'm, I don't like the sight of blood. Yeah, you make him uh, self-conscious by this gooseneck. You ever watch yeah. Little Nicky with Adam Sandler? Yeah. yeah. The one where he's the devil's son? Yeah. yeah. You're the guy who puts the pineapples in Hitler's butt. No, no, no. I'm yeah. not into that. Not into that thing. Okay. I like pineapples. Don't ruin pineapples for me. Okay. <laughs> Took me two months. Most of it was editing. Uh-huh. So the the only thing that was left was the committee stuff, the editing, the approval. So the only thing I did this past week was just file, like just paperwork. So it was somewhat weirdly anticlimactic. And it reminded me that fucking universities are just bureaucratic machines. Yeah. But I mean, most of that stuff, like the uh, kind of the big ceremonial stuff, is usually high school and like your bachelor's degree graduation. Yeah. No, the right? biggest like, graduation is a doctoral graduation. The yeah. doctoral commencement is huge. They dress you like Harry Potter. It's a completely unique set of robes, a completely different tradition. Like it's called a hooding ceremony. They cost $10,000. A hooding ceremony? It's called a hooding ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, not, it's not even called graduation. It's called a hooding ceremony. It's not yeah. a bedsheet with eye holes cut into them. Well, it? I mean, that's oh. where the bedsheet and eye holes kind of came from, is like this religious order. Ah, interesting. Bed, bedsheet they were mimicking a religious order. The University is a remnant of that religious order. That's why we wear robes. But yeah, the biggest is that nowadays I think people focus on BA because most people get bachelors. Oh yeah, that's true. Doc- yeah. Doctorals are a little bit more rare, but yeah. not a lot of people. Not everyone does a commencement. Not everyone does walks both yeah. for bachelors or for. I didn't walk for my masters. You know who's Just, a doctor? Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. He's got an honorary doctorate from. La- they do give out honorary <laughs> doctorates. They do. From Louisiana State University. Uh, you know, I used to when I was young. I really thought the honorary doctorate was the most important degree you could get. Uh, so, like, one of my goals was, I want to get an honorary doctorate. And I didn't realize, like, an honorary doctorate is just, like, a university trying to, like, PR. It's like a PR move. Can you me. call those people doctor? You can. They're not doctors. Why an not? honorary doctorate is just kind of, it's a PR thing. Can you start a university and give me and V honorary doctorates? I'm not going to give you an honorary doctorate. Can you give me an honorary bachelor's degree? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've ever, they've ever created them, but if they did, give me one. You still wouldn't get one. But it's like, I mean, all it is is, it, is just paperwork. I'd have you, I'd have, I'd have you sign some papers yes. and say you got an honorary doctorate. Yes, from the University of Doctor. So literally, it's just to go around getting signatures from people. Did you take your survey? I took my survey. Okay, here you go. Congratulations. I'm like, wait, that's about my 10 years doing this. By the way, guys, um, if you would like to harass Dr. Ali Aolami next year, uh, to harass the doc, you have to go to Abington, 
Where is Abington? Abington is a su- suburb outside of Philly. In because he's going to. I was going to share where my university was. Now I'm going to have people showing up. He's teaching at Pennsylvania State. Abington. Does anyone actually say Pennsylvania State? No, it's Penn State. Penn State. People yeah, say Penn, Penn, State. Penn State. No one calls it U. No Just like no one says California State University Fullerton, they say yeah, Cal State yeah. Fullerton. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. or mm-hmm. University of California Los Angeles. Just UCLA. No, people do say University of California Los Angeles. What kind of fucking sick people are these people? So sick people say <laughs> University of California Los Angeles. But it, yeah, so I will be East Coast in in a couple months. We'll see. The podcast is gonna. Oh, dude. We don't know what we're gonna do with the podcast, but we'll Obviously figure it out. Make an igloo and podcast from there. Yeah. It is not that cold for igloos. Well, I told you when I went there, it was actually snowing. Really? It was the first time I had seen snow in a long time. Really? We didn't see, because we went to New York, it wasn't snowing. But it there snowed was like, when I got there. But it I was frozen. There. No, I got there when it started no, snowing. No, when I got there, it wasn't snowing. It was just yeah, frozen. Yeah, you got there Thursday, I got there Wednesday. And New York snows. It was terrible. Yeah, the summer times in Philly are horrible. Mm. Huh? Oh, yeah. Summer times? Yeah. Summer times, they're, just, they're muggy and gross. Yeah, humidity, my friend. I'll be fine. Your yeah. fucking hair is going to look I'd already nasty. checked out the record temperatures in, in the area. It's it's 20 degrees cooler than it is here. Right, but you got to remember the humidity level makes it feel like it's a lot hotter. 20 degrees. Oh, the humidity level is also lower than here. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's hot. It gets really warm, but yeah. the hottest it gets there is about eighty-five. Yeah, see, I don't know because Muddy. I feel like all the sweat from all the Pennsylvania Dutch probably adds to the atmosphere. Oh. I am looking forward yeah. to seeing the Pennsylvania Dutch. When we come visit you, can we go to like the Amish part? I of never, I haven't invited you yet. I'm, when we come visit you, can we go to the Amish part? I do want to visit the Amish. Can we make them make us a TV stand? No. <laughs> Why not? I'd make them make wooden cl- um, clogs for you. Clogs? The, cl- the wooden oh, yeah, clogs. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. They make yeah. me taller. Yeah. Little clog shoes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, they make me taller, right? I want to see you. Oh, yeah. if you buy them for me, I'll wear them. Not for long. <laughs> particularly, yeah, they I'll look put, uncomfortable. I'll put them on for like 10 minutes and walk mm, around. Thick socks. Yeah. Thick socks. I'll walk around in those things for you. I'll be like your little stripper, you know, with like uh, clear heels. Wow. But did not ask <laughs> in any way, shape, or form for that. I don't know what's, why you did that, but. I was thinking of clear heels. What? Clear heels. What is that? Every stripper has clear heels. These are wooden. I don't know what you're thinking of. Because they're big. Like, heels are big. Clogs. What, what does that have to do with, with the Pennsylvania Dutch? Whatever, man. It's just, he's going to make me shoes. I'll wear them like a little stripper. One of the things that I fully plan before I actually move out is to spend some time off. I'm exhausted. Ten years of <laughs> sleep deprivation. Dedicated to all this. And, and it, one of the things I really want to do is, one, watch Detective Pikachu. Apparently it's good. Don't mm. laugh at it. Well, no. Ryan Reynolds is a G, bro. I heard, I heard it was actually really good, so I want to check uh, that out. Two, I want to watch uh, John Wick 3, which, uh, for whatever reason, I love the John Wick series. It's horrible, violent, mind-numbingly stupid as they are. You would. Uh, you want to murder everybody. Um, but also, I, I fully intend on streaming uh, Legend of Korra and Avatar Last Airbender. It's something to do every year. Is it still on Netflix? I don't know where it is. It's somewhere. Uh-huh. But I intend every year uh, during summer, because I don't watch TV mm-hmm. throughout the year. It's just, yes. I mean, I don't think I've turned that stupid thing on. No, yeah, we, I don't come here to you watching Castle as background noise anymore. Yeah, no, I don't, there's no, literally nothing on. I don't watch, I, I don't even know why I pay for cable. Um, but I but I do watch Legend of Korra and Last Ever every year during summer. And it's because it's short, like 20 minutes an episode or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 20 is, minutes yeah. an episode. Uh, I can go through them. I can literally binge watch them in a couple of days. Um, we should do that, you know, before I leave. We should binge watch that. But that reminds me, 
streaming reminds me of this new thing coming out with Netflix. Now, y'all know I don't like Netflix. I'm not a big fan of Netflix. I've been at war with Netflix for 12 years or something Just like about, that. Just about, yeah. 12 years or so, I've been at war with Netflix. Um, and in general, every time they, they release some kind of trailer, I'm like, oh, fuck you, Netflix. But they released a trailer mm-hmm. for The Dark Crystal. For yeah, those of you that well, don't yeah. know what The Dark Crystal is, it is one of the kind of canonical fantasies of the 80s. So there's three major ones that really, for us fantasy nerds, were big, right? One was Labyrinth with, with David Bowie. Brilliant puppet work, gorgeous, uh, you know, uh, makeup, makeup and everything. Yeah, like, amazing yeah. songs, right? Really, mm-hmm. the magic dance, still kind of hum it to myself every once in a while. Yeah. Really, really good one. Then Legend, which is a kind of dark romantic fantasy. Tim Curry's in it. He plays the yeah, devil. the devil. Yeah, best one of the best depictions of the devil. I think in my probably it's like the quintessential one, the, the most one that, iconic. Yes, yeah, the one that like when you uh, I think when everyone pictured the devil after that, it was the Tim Curry. And devil. it's a reminder of just how fucking good Tim Curry is as an actor. Yeah, he is, right? Yeah. He's so good. Scary as fuck. Scary as he's actually mm-hmm. very. You wouldn't think Tim Curry would because you see him kind of as a comedic person. Yeah, but oh I think there's it and like oh, everything else he's too. So good, you know? like yeah. yeah. So uh, there is legend, and most people were divided between legend and labyrinth. That was there, were, there was always a debate between. I think they're both great, and that the third was Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal was eerie fantasy, and it was so gorgeously done. It was not only my childhood, one of my favorite fantasy uh, movies of all time, but also because it's unique compared to the other ones. The other ones have all they have actors, whereas Dark Crystal is entirely done by puppets. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, there's something almost ambient about the way that it's done yeah. too. Um, I think that's kind of the, a testament to the genius of Jim Henson and Frank Oz. You know, their ability to kind of create this world through fabrics and you know, I mean, technically it's just fabrics and sewing and stitching and yeah. scissors, right? And you know, like to be able to kind of create this movement. Within Wires the characters, and, and yeah, organic movement, even yeah. like you know, it's something that's uh, you don't you never really saw before that because before in the classic monster movies, Nosferatu, oh, yeah. Creature of the Black Lagoon, stuff like that, it's 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 always a guy in a, like a suit, a real tall suit. guy in a clunky suit, right? And it didn't, it just it's so always James Price, too, or David Price, who the actor, what's his name? That was playing like Dracula and shit. It's Bela Lugosi or Boris Karloff. Yeah. Oh. Like those guys. Those are the vampires. Who am I thinking of David Price then? I don't know who you're talking about. Oh. Bela Lugosi is the famous one. You mean Vincent Price? Vincent oh, Price. Vincent Price. Vincent Price played human characters. He's yeah, never yeah, like yeah, a monster yeah. character. Uh, right? His voice. You heard his voice a lot. He was gotcha. theatrical. Yeah. But no, no. The Bela Lugosi and uh, what's his name also? Boris Karloff. Boris Karloff. But what's his name also played him? Uh, Dave. Uh, J- David Yeah. David Lee, Jim Lee. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee, Lee also yeah. played an iconic uh, Dracula. Yeah, but they were all human, right? Yeah. Or they're or they're a human in a, in a really stuffy suit. The Creature suit. of Black Lagoon is the perfect example of the just clunky, Yeah, awkward, it's just a guy in a suit, right? In a hand. Yeah, and we all know that, right? But that's mm-hmm. easy. But then what this did was it took these creatures that... You know, didn't that weren't necessarily anthropomorphic, and it created motion and 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 movement and this almost organic feel to everything that was just so unprecedented at the time. I think. I mean, it's really interesting because I mean, I I don't know because you're a historianally, but you know, like the medieval puppet show. Yeah. What you know, I imagine was kind of this real basic like things on sticks, kind yeah. of moving back and forth. Some strings. And yeah, and then but so, or like you know like marionettes, right? Yeah. Where it's kind of clunky, but you can kind of see well, the movements. Look, like what's interesting is there is a transition in, in in puppetry in pre-modern times. The original puppetry was generally kind of fell into 
three categories, right? Sticks, your hand in a sock type thing, and then marionettes. And then what happened was that they combined the techniques. So that combination produced a really advanced form of movements. The marionettes became really advanced. And some really good, like you can still see it on YouTube, like marionette puppetry, like just some really advanced stuff. But I think Jim Hansen is an example of the kind of bringing it all together technologically, but then storytelling-wise, too. Yeah, I think it's uh, more, you look at how many people, like I think it's like either two or three people that have to make have to run Cookie Monster to make him look proper. Right, right. right. Or there's, you know, it's like Elmo, I think, is only is only that um, Kevin guy. But, like, mm-hmm. there are a couple, like, the more, Didn't the more complicated puppets. Didn't he for something, that Kevin dude that I was Elmo? Know. Yeah. But also, like, him and Frank Oz worked together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Frank Oz gave us Yoda. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's the Frank Oz and, and Hansen's work that, I would say, arguably, artistically gave birth to Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah, it had to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both, even in terms of, like, the way they create creatures is really a product of the medium that they're using, right? Animatronics, puppetry, yeah, yeah. costuming. Like, it's a way, it's very different from other story creation. And I think the Dark Crystals kind of epitomizes that beautifully. It's also, again, one of those radical moments in storytelling where it, it's not Frank Oz and Jim Hansen coming into a story and then working with a bunch of actors, right? Like, you, oh, we've created this Yoda character, we created this monster. The entire story is shot like that. Yeah, yeah. I think what's also important is the kind of the artistry behind the puppetry is you have to be someone who understands motion and yeah. contours and, you know, just like how, how the muscles will actually flex and stabilize yeah. in order for you to kind of create because it's one thing that we do i think it's it's true with any type of cgi thing it's like everything could technically be correct right yeah. shadows could be there but something could be, but we, we don't we just our eyes have seen reality so much that it's hard for us to really mm-hmm. to, to just we can't we don't we can't tell what makes it look fake but it looks fake you said this right? to me once remember yeah. we watched we were i think almost a decade ago we watched beowulf Oh, yeah, yeah. And Beowulf was an example of CGI. It's all CGI, All no? CGI. It was one of the first that really kind of... Yeah, they told me it was like the hands down, like the most advanced technology right. they had of the and day. And yeah. you walk down, you go, there's something off in the face and the fingers, you said. Yeah. You said they can't quite get facial features right, and they can't quite get fingers right, because our fingers are actually very mobile in a way that, that yeah. CGI... With tiny little quicker. bones yeah. and muscles and little everything, yeah. tweaks that we can do. Yeah, it just doesn't look and right. Yeah. Um, and I remember you pointed that out, and I think that really highlights the fact that I love, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't hate CGI. I have a great deal of respect for CGI uh, and, and the artists that get behind it. They're not just a bunch of computer nerds playing around with codes. They are artists in their own right. Mm-hmm. But we saw, I mean, we really highlighted this when we talked about uh, Lord of the Rings versus The Hobbit. Right? Yeah. Lord of the Rings, one of the things that made Lord of the Rings so phenomenal was its practical effects. Right? Yeah, so true. They, yeah. I mean, they hired all of New Zealand. Right. Like, so, for example, an example would be uh, uh, the Nazgul King, right? The King, Witch King of Angmar. Uh-huh. His his flail, yeah, which looks ridiculous, is actually an actual. It's a flail that that uh, Peter Jackson kept going back and out, make it bigger, make it bigger, and people mm. like it's going to look stupid and ludicrous, but it worked out in the end, right? Uh-huh. Because it was a practical effect. Compare that, for example, to uh, Azog the Defiler, right? Mm. His weapons were CGI, yeah, right. So it didn't look quite right. It looked like it was something was off. And I told you guys that there's a specific moment in The Hobbit for me that took me out of it right i mentioned it to you guys and that's thorn walking over the gold right yeah yeah, it looked too much like a video game so i don't mind cgi but it has to be a judicious use in other words cgi for me should enhance should improve should touch up 
things, it shouldn't be a complete replacement, right? Yeah, definitely. We, we, I mean, uh, another classic example is old trilogy Star Wars, practical yeah, yeah. effects, right? Yeah. Versus the neutral. One of the biggest fundamental problems with the new trilogy wasn't just that the story was a little iffy and even the acting was odd. In Aiden Christensen's defense, which I don't want to give any defense, well, he's working with a lot of CGI. It's true. It's a lot of CGI. And that has an effect on your acting, right? Yeah. There's something to, to be said is that when we talk about CGI, we're talking about what? You're acting with a tennis ball. Yeah, because it's easy for me stick. to read you and right. take, pick up a few. With a puppet, what is interesting is you still get the effect quality, but there's still a dialogical process that's going on there. In CGI, someone is adding in stuff yeah. later. You do your scene, and then someone's like, oh, I'm going to throw in an orc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's like it's one thing if you're doing voice acting for like a cartoon, right? Right. Like, it's a different experience. Like, um, with the original Aladdin, it's right? It's a different creative process. Yeah. So they, they, they recorded everything Robin Williams did first, and then they started drawing stuff based off of like what he was saying so they they kind of took his expressions like they recorded him as he was like using the lines and then they drew those expressions right, right. as opposed to cgiing everything because it, it just doesn't fit properly gives us a kind of a different creative process someone talking to a tennis ball and then something being added on there versus actually interacting with a puppet yeah it may be an inanimate object but it's a, it has an actual Your personality it has an actual movement that's a different interaction it's a much more dialogical process yeah i think well it's really weird because I, I didn't think about it too recently but you know if you're acting if you're like if you're acting to a tennis ball uh post-production is literally creating things that are that are reacting to your acting yeah whereas if you're if you're acting in the more traditional sense you're reacting and kind of going off of each other you're building off each other yeah. right so like i think that one of the best examples is if you ever go on youtube and look at Ses the sesame street characters um interacting with celebrities right yeah. literally every celebrity has done a special on sesame street right. mm -hmm. there was the Tyrion and cersei one yeah. there's a great john oliver with cookie monster right and everything and every actor from in, in between right but the fact that the actor is actually acting with elmo or with mm -hmm. whoever else right it brings out it just it, it brings out i think the fact that there's something there that you're actually it almost puts you in the situation where you can almost acknowledge the fact that that puppet is real for those few minutes right right it's it's easy for you to fall into the fantasy right. whereas if you're just stuck in a room that's all green you know with a with a tennis ball and a stick yeah. it does something yeah, yeah. it just well, I mean, isn't quite the same a prime right? example of this is the, is the kind of what is the what is the what is the kind of penultimate uh, form of acting theater no improv Oh yeah, right? oh, yeah. It's a demonstration of acting ability and comedic ability is improv. Uh -huh. You can improv with a puppet. You can improv with an actor. You can improv with any. You cannot improv with a tennis ball. Can yeah. be really yes ending well, a tennis ball. So in other words, yeah. improv relies on a, a non-verbal and verbal communication that is happening between two people or a group of people. You can't do that if. It's CGI because CGI is responding after the fact, yeah. right? It's adding something. It's reacting to your action. So there's an element of, of a problem. So this is why I appreciate that in the sequel to the to the Dark Crystal, that they are go they're remaining true to the medium. It is the puppets again. There yeah. was something so immersive. I mean, I've said this before. Uh, the labyrinth, exciting, legend, really kind of dark, uh, dark romance. Mm -hmm. But there's something eerie about Dark Crystal. 
Yeah. It made you feel weird. It made you feel strange. And it was because it was such an immersive experience. And that, in turn, gave, uh, I think, a great deal of enhancement to the story. It is one of the most robust world-building experiences mm. um, that I, I've seen in, in fantasy. And we talk about George R. R. Martin's world-building, and it is great. Yeah. But, I mean, in a manner of one movie... They create such a realistic world with gelflings and druids and backgrounds and sexes, which is this vulture-like character, creatures, right? And the, even the story itself, in some ways, is very fitting to the to, to what's going on to a current political and, and environmental issue. The story is very fitting in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the puppetry blends really well, and then as a result, you end up with with you know great voice acting, great yeah. uh, artistry, great great costuming, etc. Um, we talked about, um, for example, Lord of the Rings and and Hobbit. One of the consistent themes of Lord of the Rings and Hobbit has been his costuming, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The, the garments that are worn, the beautiful robes of the elves, the armor, and this is also where you could tell the difference. The armor of the Urukai is not an advanced armor; it's very crude, yeah. but it's physical, something that was made. A blacksmith sat there and hammered it out to look crude, but still hammered it out. It looks real. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It looks actual. You can't really... Yeah, I think that's... I mean, when you look at things like color schemes, and, and this is this is from a traditional medium of an artist, right? Like, yeah. when we talk about things like paintings or charcoal, whatever, so you can literally see where the hand right. of the artist went, right? You can see the strokes right. well, you, and the imperfections. As an artist, you know yeah. that, that, that the tool you use, charcoal, pen, pencil, computer, all have an impact on what you're able to make, as does the medium. Paper, canvas, computer. All make a difference. You can CGI something, but that's never going to... It doesn't... Maybe someday it will. But right now, it doesn't quite fit to a person who is a tailor, who can sit there and knows how the garment will drape on someone. Yeah. Knows how the colors will actually look in real life. Mm-hmm. Well, how the textures feel, right? Um, hair bone is different from cloth, which is different from cotton, from which is different from wool. Right? Like, mm-hmm. That sense. So we we saw... We all criticized Game of Thrones. But one of the things that Game of Thrones did for Phenomenal was costuming. Yeah, and it, 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 Danny in season eight, I think, wore some of the best outfits. I think I mean, that was the best I thing mean, also, other than cinematography. I think Cersei, Cersei always wore really great outfits. Yeah, but yeah, it, especially when she became queen. Right. But there's something yeah. that you could do with outfits and and costuming that you can't always do with CGI because CGI sticks to one template. Right, you create the form and then you're moving like faces around and whatnot. But you don't change. People aren't changing out of their clothings in CGI a lot, right? Yeah. But whereas in Game of Thrones, take for example what Danny wore in Marine diaphanous kind of robes beautiful silks soft it really indicated the temperature that she was in but also her personality right this is a young person coming into her role as a ruler contrast that to season eight military cut square a kind of a triangle shaped coats um, that she then wore with capes very dark colors grays mm-hmm. silvers maroon reds but take her cape i'm a cape fan i love uh-huh. capes Capes have two different, right? Two different kinds of ways. All evil people wear capes. Shut up. Heroes wear capes. Two ways. You can either fasten them on your shoulders. That's where we see the Kingsguard, right? Yeah. Fasten them on the shoulder. It drapes down. This is usually a very heavy canvas-like cape, right? Then there is the sort of cloak cape, which in which the fastening happens around your neck. You wrap it around. It's either done with a button on your on on your lapel on the top, or it's tied in a sort of knot. 
But what they did is they took a Roman style in which they had the cape fall off of one shoulder. So we saw this with, with not just Danny, but some of the other kind of knights, Clegane as well, in which the fastening would happen across the chest in a, diag- a diagonal portion. In other words, one shoulder would be covered, the other shoulder would not. Yeah. Now what they did with Danny is that they take they took that fastening and made it a chain, an actual silver chain with a three-headed dragon. Yeah. That slight detail is something that they did because they knew how the texture would fall off of her shoulder. It gives her a more commanding look, a more militaristic look, an elegant look, but also the look of a conqueror. But it's just something that, you know, a small detail, but it's done because of the actual physical, practical texture of it. And you can do this with puppets. One of the things that Dark Crystal did really well is that, surprisingly, the costumes were gorgeous. They yeah, outfitted yeah. the puppets in beautiful, beautiful ways. And that, in turn, gave them personality. Yeah. It gave them a voice. I think, I mean, the puppets themselves are already costumes as a... You know, I mean, hypothetically, they're already... They are. They're, you know, pieces of cloth. But then you add more cloth on The pants that they wear, the clothes they wear, the way the druids were with this. I mean, there's a scene, literally, in the original Dark Crystal, in which uh, one of the skisses, or whatever they're called, uh, the vulture creatures, they do a duel. And as the result of the duel, he's disrobed. His clothes are ripped off of him because they wear these kind of big, elaborate robes. I mean, that's phenomenal, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I didn't watch the original. Well, we got to watch it. Yeah. But I'm excited for this one just because I saw the trailer and a lot of my friends are excited. But I looked up the cast and the cast is is really cool. You got Taron Egerton as Ryan. Um, He's from... Kingsman. Kingsman, yeah. You yeah. have Anya Taylor Joy. She's Bria. She's uh she was in Split and Ghost, Not the familiar. M Night Shyamalan movies. Shyamalan Ding Dong. Yeah. Uh Natalie Emmanuel. Oh who, yeah. Uh, Masande. Yeah. Hope she's playing Deet. Yeah. And then you have Donna Kimball, who's taken on the role that Frank Oz did in the first one as Agora, okay. the embodiment of the planet Thra. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have some reoccurring guest stars coming through. So you have Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. She Natalie was... Dormer. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Izzard, Toby Jones, Keegan-Michael Key, oh, Simon wow. Pegg, Andy Samberg, and Mark Strong, and then Mark our Strong favorite... from uh, uh, Sherlock. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and, then Sherlock. Kick-ass. Yeah. Yes. and then our Yes. And then our favorite person, Mark Hamill. And Mark Hamill, the, the yeah. ultimate voice actor. Yeah. Yeah. This is a phenomenal cast. Now, interestingly, it's not, a, it's not a movie. No, it's a... Series. It's a series. It's 10 episodes long. It starts uh, August 30th. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. I don't say this very often about Netflix, but I am very excited. This is, this is, again, it's one of those... I mean, living in an interesting times where my child is, is coming back. Yeah, my childhood is coming. But there's also, I mean, all oh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Aladdin, Aladdin. Prince I haven't Ali, seen it. Oh, that's the other one I want to see. Mm-hmm. Not so sure how Ali I feel about. Not sure, sure how I feel about that one. But I'm really, <laughs> really excited about this. Exciting, amazing story. An opportunity to tell, fill in the gaps of the world building. I'm willing to give it a chance. I hope. Uh, and when does it come out? August thirtieth. August thirtieth. I'm, I'm looking forward to. It. What about you guys? I'll probably watch it. I gotta watch the first one first. We're all super excited about this. We're going to end this podcast a little bit shorter. This is a, a, a shorter episode. Uh, we apologize for that. Uh, but we wanted to really dedicate this time to, to just kind of the Dark Crystal because it was something we were very interested in. Uh, we're going to have uh, some interesting topics coming up. We know what our next week's topic is, unless there's some massive tragedy or issue that'll come up. But we're going to actually be covering um, a little bit about uh, the nerd world. We're going to talk about the phase controversy, so the gaming world. Mm. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the uh, Carlos and Crowder issue, Vox News uh, journalist. Carlos Maza. Carlos Maza, also known as Gay Wonk. We'll be talking about him. And a hateful fuckboy. And and piece of shit. Who's 
Crowder's voice is a lot higher pitched than I realized. They're all high pitched voices. It tells a lot once you hear them. I mean, not yeah. to be super toxic and masculine, but like, there's like once you hear their voices, you're like, oh, I get it. I get it. Mm. Your balls haven't dropped. Oh, <laughs> but we're gonna be, we're gonna I talk like about when you say those things, Ali. That's a Diz it. thing to say. Deal with it. Yeah. Uh, that, we're man. gonna we're gonna have a conversation about that. A conversation about free speech platforms, etc. So it'll be interesting. Tune in for those. For now, let us know what your thoughts are about Dark Crystal. We are excited. It's probably the thing we're most looking forward to this summer. Uh, and you can get a hold of us by uh, Diz. How about you let them have, yeah. know how they can get a hold of us? Thank you. Uh, Ali just wanted to do the whole outro himself. I know, it's it's Facebook. Facebook.com slash currently nerdy, Twitter at currently nerdy, Tumblr, currently nerdy.tumblr.com, Instagram at currently nerdy, uh, YouTube, youtube.com slash currently nerdy. Go on there, make sure you watch the, the last video we posted, how Game of Thrones should have ended. V did an amazing job editing that yeah, video, so go one watch of our it. Favorite videos. Um, we're also on Stitcher, Google Play, and the iTunes podcast app. If you haven't already reviewed and rated us, make sure you do that. And also subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Make your friends subscribe. Go tell a friend about Currently Nerdy this week. If you want to get a hold of us uh, individually, you can. V, how can I get a hold of you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at VTrend214. It's V-Y-T-R-A-N-214 or my website, thesandwichslayer.com. Ali? You can catch me on my website at alialomi.com or on my social media, Instagram and Twitter, A-A-O-L-O-M-I, or on our sister podcast, Head on History, which is going to be back in a couple weeks. Diz. You can find me everywhere at Dizbullet, D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. Remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. And all hail the Currently Nerdy Empire.